Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Solomon now sacrificed in Jerusalem. Okay, remember, he was at, at the high places, and then later on, he was at the most high place of Gibeon, just doing what he picked up from his culture. Culture says, do it like this. Okay, I'll do it like that. But now he's in Jerusalem. What this means is that Solomon stopped doing things the way he always did them. He stopped doing what his culture told him to do, and he turned around, and now he was doing things right. Solomon walked away from his sinful ways that he picked up from culture, and now he corrected himself to obey the Lord's ways, to do it the way the Lord said to do it. You see, friends, Solomon really wanted that promise of extended life that God had offered him. Remember, he says, if you do it the way I tell you to do it, then I will prolong your days. Guys, Solomon really wanted this. He wa- Who doesn't want extended days? Good extended days. So Solomon got immediately to work doing a sacrifice work the way God wanted him to do it. Here he was walking in the Lord's ways, no longer behaving like a pagan. Now he's being holy. He's being different. He's being set apart. He doesn't look like everybody else anymore. He looks like somebody that belongs to the Lord God. If you want to look like you belong to the Lord God, you can't act like you belong to the world. You've got to make a change and turn. But now my next question is, how did Solomon even know how to make this change? See, to to make a change, okay, go to Jerusalem, but how did he even know to do that? Because he asked for what? He asked for discernment. He asked for the ability to recognize right from wrong. And the Lord gave him on day one discernment. Solomon realized sacrificing up here in the most high place in Gibeon is wrong. We're leaving. We're going back to Jerusalem. We're going to do it where the Lord tells us to do it. And now he's led Israel on how to operate properly. This guy, Solomon, he really loved God. And the evidence of his love for God was that he repented of his error and he turned around to correct what was wrong. You see, when God gives you some blessing, like he gave Solomon, it will cause an authentic believer to give up his sinful ways. Friends, oh, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. When you're truly given good blessing by the Lord God, let's take salvation in our case. A really good blessing. A real believer will give up his sin. A real believer will walk away. If you haven't, then I wonder if you're really saved in the first place. You're not really getting the blessing you could be getting. Solomon displayed real discernment. He responded to the blessing, and he turned, and he corrected what was wrong in his life. But now it was time for this discernment of his to be shown to the entire nation in 1 Kings 3 and 16. Now two women who were harlots 
came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, O my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened, the third day after I had given birth, that this woman also gave birth, and we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night, because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maid servant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son, whom I had born. Then the other woman said, No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. (laughs) Obviously, one of these ladies is deliberately lying. But which one was lying? How do you know? There was no DNA testing, no way to prove whose son it really was, which one was lying and telling the truth. But this problem here would become the launch pad that would show Israel exactly what kind of king they had in Solomon now. So this was a very timely circumstance to go down. So Solomon put his new discernment to work on a national scale for everybody to see. Now he's going to evaluate things. Watch this. 1 Kings 3 and 23. And the king said, The one says, this is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is his mother. (laughs) Oh, man, that was slick stuff. That is what you call mojo right there, guys. Now, if you'd like a way to gauge just how wise Solomon was, this is it right here. You know, because I always hear people say that men will never understand how women think. (laughs) But look what Solomon did here. (laughs) He figured them out. Any parent would instinctively do absolutely everything possible to protect their own child. And so Solomon knew how to play on these women's compassion to expose who was lying and who was telling the truth. 1 Kings 3.28, And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Okay, guys, apparently everybody was talking about this, and it scared people straight. Fearing the king, that means they realized that he had the full authority to condemn. He also had the authority to save, too. Now, everybody knows it's not wise to mess with somebody that has the power to figure them out. You ever been around somebody that could just figure you out? I mean, they could just see right through you, and it made you feel a little uneasy. I don't want to be close to that guy. because Man, he just just has me pegged, man. Well, that's what Solomon was doing to everybody. He's got everybody figured out. This discernment, this wisdom from the Lord had everybody scared. They feared the king. 
But man, what a good king to have, right? And so the people had a healthy fear of the king, and that caused them to submit to his authority after they found out, after they saw what he was capable of doing. So let's consider Solomon's method here. I mean, because it was very, very extreme. Anybody that would say, cut that child in half and give half to give to each woman, let's just chop that child in two. I mean, gosh, this is somebody that's obviously very, very harsh with sin. Somebody who's willing to get as harsh with sin as it takes to get sin out of the way. Now, you got to consider, one of these women was a liar. Plus, she had already killed her own child. She was a liar and she was a murderer. And it's likely that she would have ended up killing this other child too, the living one, if she had gotten possession of him. So Solomon had to get really, really harsh with sin. He had to get real harsh with the lying and the murder. So in order to put a stop to it, what did he have to do? He had to get very harsh with sin. I want us to consider the character of Solomon because God is trying to show us himself in this story. Solomon was a king who was very harsh in dealing with sin, and because of his sacrificial love, his desire was not set on himself, but rather his desire was set on whatever benefited his own people. I hope you see the Jesus parallel in Solomon now. The Lord Jesus is a king who is very harsh when dealing with sin, and Because of Jesus' sacrificial love, his desire was not set on himself, but it was rather set on whatever benefited his own people. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, Jesus died while we were still sinners. Jesus did not say, You fix yourself up and then I'll clean up your mess. That's not what he said. He came and died for us to clean up our mess even before we realized we needed to cut it out. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Friends, Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, his bloody death, nails in his hands and his feet, being whipped, tortured, insulted, and shamed, and and all of this publicly, by the way. This is how Jesus, the king, got harsh with our sin, in order to put a stop to it. You see, friends, Jesus had to take our sin down into the grave from the cross. He had to get real heavy with sin to stop it, to put it away and bury it forever so that you could be free of it. To pay our death penalty, Jesus had to get real harsh with sin. Now, Solomon had to get real extreme in order to restore a rightful relationship between a parent and a child. Friends, Jesus Christ had to get really extreme, very extreme with sin to restore the rightful relationship between God the Father and you. One woman was a liar and a killer, and she tried to claim what was not rightfully hers. Satan is a liar and a murderer, and he has tried to claim you, and you are not rightfully his. But thanks to our wise King Messiah Jesus, he took action to expose the liar, to expose the murderer. He got really harsh with sin to put away the sin so that you could be restored back into relationship with God the Father and be saved. Somebody out there had better say amen or hallelujah. 
Here's the gospel in 1 Kings 3. Now, you might be thinking, but Ray, I've done bad things and I can't do anything right. I don't know what I'm doing, all this Bible stuff, and people are always telling me you got to do this and got to do that. I don't know what I'm doing. That's okay, because Solomon didn't know what he was doing either. I don't even know how to do it. I don't know how to go out and come in. And friend, I know you might be feeling that way with this all the pressure going on in the world right right now, and you want to get right with God, but you don't know how, I want you to remember what the Lord said to Solomon. He said, just ask, just ask, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Guys, the Lord just made the gospel easy for us. It was hard for Jesus, but he made it easier for you because he wants you to come to him. Friends, salvation is readily available to those who ask him for it. You don't have to figure it all out first. You don't have to read through the whole Bible 50 times over a zillion years and have every verse memorized. You don't have to figure it all out. As a matter of fact, you can't. You never will figure it out. Just ask. Just ask. Just ask ask. Ray, that's too simple. I know. God made it simple for you because we already ruined it. We couldn't do it ourselves. He had to make it simple for us or else we'd never get to him. Just ask. Friends, but real salvation is really going to change you. I know a lot of people that say they're saved and they've not changed at all. They're not saved. Salvation in Jesus will cause you to abandon. It will cause you to turn away from all the things that your culture has told you this is the way we're supposed to do it. Culture said, no, we go to the high places. We go to Gibeon. Look what happened to Solomon. He turned around and went to Jerusalem. He got that discernment. Solomon changed. You will turn away from all the things that your culture has taught you to do, and you will turn towards what God teaches you to do once you really get saved in Jesus Christ. Friends, real salvation in Jesus will cause you to change. But I don't know how to change. Just ask. Let God do that. Let him give you the discernment. I want you to think of this. If Solomon had not stopped sacrificing at the high places, then he would have never relocated the sacrifices to where God wanted them done in Jerusalem. So if you claim to be saved, but you have not changed, then your supposed worship of God is not where God wants it. You see what I'm saying? You want your worship to go to the real true God? Then you need to put your worship where he tells you it should be. But if you have a love for the Lord God and you ask, he'll give you the discernment to turn. Now, remember how the people had a great fear of King Solomon once they found out how harsh he got with sin. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, that fear was healthy for the people to realize what Solomon could do. Now, today, there's way too many people out there that claim to be saved, but they have zero zilch, no fear of the Lord at all, none. Those who will not submit themselves to God's authority are those who will not repent. They will not do things God's way, but they will continue to do everything the way they've always done it. We've always been told to worship up on Gibeon. Oh, we've always been told to do it like everybody else, and there's too many people doing things like everybody else. They're not being set apart. They're not being holy. Holy means different, set apart, not like everybody else. God wants you 
set aside for him, special. And when you're running with the world, you're not set aside for him. I can't tell my wife, you know, I'm your husband, but I'm going to sleep around with other women all the time. That's not being set apart for her. I belong to her. Likewise with her. She belongs to me. She's mine. She can't go out and sleep around with other guys and just maybe see me, you know, Sunday. Oh, here I am. I'm your wife. I'm here Sunday like Christians do going to church. Hey, God, here I am. I'm here Sunday. But you're playing around with everybody else all week long. That don't work. You're either God's or you're not. You're all in or you're not in. You've got to realize that God has a way of doing things. And we have to do everything the way he says it's to be done. And those who do not have enough fear of the Lord will not do what he says. They refuse to be ruled by Jesus Christ as their king. They refuse his authority. Now, do you remember what happened to Joab and Shimei in the previous chapter? They refused to be ruled by King Solomon. And what happened to them? You remember? They were condemned. They were slain. Luke 12, 5. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And friends, the reason why we fear the Lord is because, number one, we are the sinner. And number two, he will condemn sin. Make no mistake, all sin will be condemned. And if you do not have this fear of God in you, then I dare say that you have not been saved at all. Because realizing the power of the king will produce fear in you, just like the people of Israel feared Solomon. And yet this king, this king that they feared, also sacrificed for his own people. Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to remember that Christ sacrificed for you. Well, you said we're supposed to be afraid of him. I said, no, you're supposed to fear him. Big difference. You're supposed to have a fear of his authority of what he could do to you. But remember, he also sacrificed for you as well. Jesus, even being able to die for our sins at all. Gosh, I pray that more people recognize the authority that Jesus even had to be able to do this. Jesus has all ultimate authority. And in this great authority, it would produce a healthy fear of his authority. And that will make you snap to it real quick that you need to get in line with his will when you realize that his authority is able to take our sin out. Jesus had to get heavy with sin, and it wasn't just your sin. It was mine, and it was also all the people in all of history. It was your people, the friends next door. It was everybody all the way down the street, everybody in your city, in every city, in every part of the world, in the entire human history of mankind. Jesus died for all our sin, everybody. That's great authority, and you should have a healthy fear of that. But a lot of people have no fear of him because they want to hide in their sin. They're not believing that God has the almighty discernment to expose their sin. Guys, the Lord can expose sin. If Solomon could expose that wicked woman, what do you think the Lord God can do with us? Luke 12, 2. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Friends, that lying woman had no chance of getting away with her lying. And guess what? Satan will never get away with his lies either. And never will anybody else who refuses to bow the knee to King Jesus' authority. All of it is going to be exposed one way or the other. But this is where the good news of the gospel comes in. Jesus does not want to condemn our sin upon us. Friends, listen to me. This is where it gets real. Jesus does not want to condemn 
your sin on you. He died to take our sin penalty upon himself so that you don't have to die with it. It gets moved over to him, and he puts it in the grave rather than putting it in the grave with you. You remember how Solomon was king, but his desire was for the benefit of his own people. Matthew 20 and 28. Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Friends, Solomon's desire was for the benefit of his own people. Jesus' death at the cross, when he died at the cross, it was because of his desire was for the benefit of his own people. Jesus went to the cross to save you. His desire was about you. You realize that Jesus, he could have come here and he could have said, you know what? Everybody build the biggest palace you've ever seen. And I'm just going to rule in that forever. And I'm just going to let y'all do everything for me. He could have done that, but that's not, that's not God. That's not his character. He came here to be killed. He came here to be insulted, spit on, crucified, and he died to pay your death penalty and mine. That's why he came here. Think of that woman who was willing to do whatever it took to save her own child. What parent would not do absolutely anything to save their own child? Romans 8 says that we are God's own children, and the cross, it was Jesus doing whatever it took to save us. You want this? You want salvation in Jesus Christ? You don't know how to get it? It's okay. God knows how to get it to you. All you got to do is ask. Just ask. Follow me in prayer. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. Lord, I don't know how to figure all this stuff out. Lord, I don't know how to fit. I don't know how to do all this stuff. I don't know what I'm supposed to look like when I go to a church. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to act. I don't know how I'm supposed to be. What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? It sounds so hard. So, Lord, I don't know. I don't know how to come in and, and go out before people and make people believe I'm a real Christian. So, Lord, I'm just going to have to turn it over to you and have you do it because I don't know how. Lord, I admit from this, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I don't know how to do anything except what's wrong. Lord, I want your righteousness. Help me, Lord God, to do what's right. So I ask you, Lord God, forgive me for my mistakes and forgive me for my sin. Save me and change me. Give me a real change. And, Lord, you, you lead. I'll study in your word, I'll pray, and, and Lord, give me the discernment to determine right from wrong so that I can expose the lies in my life, that I can expose Satan's tactics and teach me, Lord, to turn away from what culture taught me to do so that I can follow your ways. Because, Lord, I know that walking in your ways will give me a much better, blessed life. I want that, Lord God, eternal life for that matter. Thank you, Lord God, that you give me an unconditional promise of eternal life because I already blew it. I want to follow and I want to obey and do what you say. Give me that change, Lord God. Renew me. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. I say that every time because a lot of people need to know this. There's a lot of depressed, hurt people, pained people in the world today. You are not worthless. Stop listening to your culture. You listen to the, what the Lord God says about you. You are very precious to him. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life 
is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.